Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Um, on the success of the last podcast, we'll, um, we're now getting back Rory Davridge onto the podcast series again. And it's going to be the start of a new series and a new season of the podcast. Um, so obviously we're both not coaching anymore because um, of the pandemic. So we're going to be talking about everything from coaching, uh, Moston's teaching scales, to then talk about our own critical reflection. And so to get into today's podcast, we're going to be talking about coaching and what I believe coaching is. So Ali, Rory, what do you believe coaching is? Uh, big question. Um, I think... Big question. I think uh, coaching to me, uh, I've kind of gone quite fancies, is the facilitation and opportunity for someone to grow. Um, and as a coach, there's definitely a lot more roles that need to be filled. But providing that um, base layer of knowledge and providing that opportunity for someone to learn and grow, I think that's what a coach um, should be. It's it's quite a it's quite a big it's quite a vague question, obviously, and it's quite hard to. Yeah, it's um, quite a broad broad spectrum of answers you could have said. It's it, it's sort of on my basis of like a teacher, for example. Yeah, yeah, uh, aiding learning um, is definitely one of the big ones. Um, it's kind of bridging the gap between where they are now. Uh, to where they would like to be but we help that journey more effectively than they would if they was on on their own yeah uh, so what do you mean what do you think it means to us to be a coach um i think passing on skills that won't just help with the sport but in life uh being a role model for people to learn from uh, i don't know about you but i think i can remember in first year that we did um quite a few topics on how we don't only just how we don't just pass on the stuff we're trying to teach, but we pass on the qualities that we show in the lessons as well. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you agree so, with me there. Yeah, agree one hundred percent. So looking back at when I first started coaching, when I realised this is the sort of career I want to go into, I was helping a colleague of mine at a previous job at a youth facility centre in Blackpool and look at, working with disadvantaged children yeah. and be, seeing that, seeing the guidance he offered. To, to children who don't probably have that perfect role model in their lives it, it was great to see and it, it certainly developed my understanding of what coaching is and what needs to be done yeah. to facilitate I'd love to go back to like our first sessions and watch it because I reckon I'd be so quiet and just kind of so focused on getting it done and then going home instead of actually making a difference to some people yeah so how did we begin coaching um, personally for me I always knew I wanted to do something in sport I played sport all my life uh, I, I started off volunteering for my DV uh, Duke of Edinburgh um, and it, yeah. it was only supposed to be for volunteering for a few months but after it stopped volunteering I just carried on going because I really enjoyed it and I kind of imagined it um, going on from there really I don't know if it's the same for you I know you had a bit of a career change um, so to speak <laughs> yes yeah. Yeah, so I, I, it wasn't in my intention at all for quite a long period of time. Obviously, I was in the prison service. Yeah. And if, John, when you see me out, when you see me when we finally get into uni, I'm about four foot four. <laughs> so the, <laughs> it probably wasn't the greatest of career choices. And uh, I was looking at some stats around coaches. And in 2004, according to Sports Coach UK, they reckoned there was up to 1.2 million coaches already. And obviously, in that in that sixteen years space of time, that's clearly going to have grown. I think I think coaching, especially in today's day and age, is becoming more. It's becoming needed more by communities, one hundred percent, because 
with obviously population growth and um, there's not a lot of kind of funding going around, especially in the pandemic and communities are struggling to kind of keep people engaged and keep people active. And young coaches are the ones who understand these people and people like us are the sort of next generation of, not teachers, so to speak, but kind of the next generation of teachers, uh, sports people, keeping people active. And it, it's making sure that we kind of pass on them good qualities to the next generation. Yeah, you look at the, probably the best example we've probably got is we uh, we had a professional discussion, didn't we, for our other module, yeah. um, school and development. And one of the other students who are on the course is uh, Dan Green. And uh, Dan, is he's older than us, isn't he? He's quite a bit yeah. older. And he's... He, he said he lost his job and after the, because of the pandemic and things like that. And he was um, he was out in the community all the time. His, his job was literally to go and help disadvantaged children play sport. So you look at the opportunities for these these kids now. It's getting lower and lower. Yeah, and I think in, especially that it, it's a shame because we. I'd love to be volunteering. I think you give any cho- coach the, the chance to coach, and they probably will do. However, it, it does come to a point where for someone like Dan, especially who's a bit older, um, they like they do need to be paid for it and they do need to be sort of compensated because you can't expect them to give up all that time uh, in the day or during the week and then sort of not be appreciated almost. Yeah. Uh, so where do you want to end up as a coach? What is your main aspiration? Um, I think I'd definitely like it to be a career. What path I want to go down, I'm still a bit unsure. Um, I think teaching really does appeal to me. Uh, I've always wanted to be a teacher. Uh, I first think when I was in like year three or four, I can remember saying I wanted to be a PE teacher so I could just play football all day and play cricket all day. Um, <laughs> but I also kind of want to look back and think I've kind of made a bit of a difference to some people's lives. I don't want to... I feel like... Um, you can be a coach and just kind of go into the nine to five, go home and then that's your day done. However, I kind of want to look back when I'm, I don't know, retiring, say, and think, oh, well, I've I've had a really good job. I've really enjoyed doing that. But at the same time, I can look back and think of all the people that have helped and kind of not change their lives, so to speak, but if they've just made someone's day a bit brighter here and there or if they've learned something from me, I think that's the kind of end, end game anyway. I'm pretty sure it's the same for you as well. Yeah, I was going to say it's a little bit cringe where using the words make a difference in someone's life, but it generally is that sort of impact that we could potentially have on their yeah, lives, 100%. which which you, you're like striving towards at the end at the end goal. Indeed. Um, even when I wasn't coaching, obviously it's, everyone knows at uni, I, I was drilling it in their ears when I was about the politics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of everything, oh, I was like, vote Labour, vote Labour. Let's get this sorted, and then. Um, even before that, I was I was helping in the community with things like food banks and stuff like that, and it's it the impact this sort of stuff has on that sort of the kids and knowing that they're going to be fed and stuff like that. It 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 made me feel really good. It's not it's not just for them; it is for you as well because when you when you do something like that, you get a bit of a greater appreciation for the community and you learn a bit more yourself. Exactly, it's and it's one of them where now now I'm doing a sports coaching degree and stuff like that. It's where I probably do want to work in Blackpool. It's where I grew yeah, up. Give it's back. Passionate towards what Blackpool could achieve with its obviously it's got a high, very high tourist industry compared to some parts of the northwest, and the, we we just aren't getting the funding which which probably we really yeah. need. And I think it's a big thing to highlight as well that 
uh, it, it's kind of been put on the back burner when when you break it down it's probably one of the most vital things for communities uh, these sports centres these places where children can go adults can go to kind of escape their lives and just just enjoy themselves if it's just for half an hour or it's just for a day then it's perfect exactly so looking at the requirements of a coach what have you got any characteristics and things what you would say makes a good yeah coach? well i've looked at um, kote's coaching model here then and um it says that a coach is much more likely to achieve their goal through the central process now the central yeah. process is made up of organization training and competition so what the coach is like in organization what the coach is like in training and what the coach is like in competition so these components and characteristics um, they make up the central bit of a coach with the uh, ex- external components making up the final. However, I sort of focused on the internal ones because I think they are the three big ones where if you don't have these, you might struggle or, or you need to learn a bit more before you can kind of become fully competent. So training, you're applying knowledge towards helping athletes acquire and perform different skills in training. That's really vital as a coach. I think it's rule 101 to kind of know what you're doing and know what you're trying to teach. Uh, the competition aspect of it is probably more elite coaches. Um, but what is your role on the competition floor to slash site? So, for example, what are you like on game day? Um, what knowledge are you giving their athletes on game day to kind of help them reach their full potential? And lastly, this I think is the biggest one, is um, organisation involves applying the knowledge towards establishing optimal conditions for training and competition by structuring and coordinating the tasks involved in reaching the goal. So organisation is kind of the big one there where it's the overall yes. kind of bringing in what we're going to focus on this week, what we're going to focus on next week, um, how tight, like sort of looking after all your participants, making sure they're all on the right track and growing. I think there's a very few, good, few very good examples there. Um, have you looked at anything else yeah, about so, quality? Uh, well, funnily enough, Rory, I was looking at the coach, coach, um, coaching oh, model as well. What a coincidence. And, um, I, was lo- <laughs> I was looking at uh, Coach et al. 1995 suggests that coaching is determined by the way a coach evaluates what is required. And it got me thinking about us on our, on our developmental need to this yeah. module. Um, so we, we talk about critical reflection and in in the next couple of podcasts we'll, we'll begin to dial deeper into what we believe a critical reflection is and using using the using coach evaluation is certainly certainly a good example of a good yeah, coach. definitely i think me and you can probably just tell off this module especially that before i wasn't looking back at my um sessions that i was delivering i wasn't kind of looking back thinking what what have i said here how have i opened up the session what do my drills look like? What does it look like from the outside in? And then I don't think it's until you actually kind of stop, think about yourself, kind of the action plan at the start of the year. I don't know when you was writing that down. It felt a bit kind of like, um, it felt a bit like I was slating myself really. I was kind of writing down everything that I needed to improve. But it's definitely kind of made me more aware of me, myself as a coach, but also a person. I think it's kind of made me more yeah. kind of, okay, let's take all in that information after a lecture or after just speaking to someone, process it and then kind of go go away with that. And then instead of kind of rushing around and just kind of going from session to session, just delivering, it's, it's much better to kind of have a wider look at things. And Coach Settles 
model really does suggest that by doing these kind of, I know it's only three components characteristics, but to achieve your goal, you're much more likely to do that through this central process of organisation, training and competition. Yeah, so I, so with reflection as well, obviously in, that's been thrown at us quite a lot, even since yeah. the first year, hasn't it? And you, Looking back, thinking about the word reflection, I've never, until recently, I've probably never really thought of it. Yeah. I've not, I've, it's, oh, reflection, I was just, just writing down an action plan. Yeah, what's good, you, what's did, not. you did it in school, didn't it, you? Like what went well? what went wrong and it's just kind of a quick thing yeah. at the end just kind of did this wrong did this right and then but you don't really think about it yeah and when I was speaking to Dean Whitehead on the previous podcast he was talking about how reflection is like one of the most important components of a good coach you're looking he was saying that not all coaching sessions go go well even if you you could plan it you could do hours and hours of planning and it doesn't does just doesn't go right it doesn't mean you've done wrong it's just about reflecting on how you can improve exactly, exactly. Effective, things like that. No, it... Probably the best examples of reflection we've got is probably Pep Guardiola, I'd say. He isn't, you look, you look at how he, how he is on the sidelines, he, he majorly believes in reflection and we're talking about the amount of people he employs, performance analysis, etc. To, um, so he can see how, how the game progresses and what he can there improve was, there on. There was um, a fact, weren't there, or something that came out that I think Pep and Bielsa played each other at the start of the season and at the end of the game, uh, it hadn't even been five minutes, hadn't even gone into the changing room, they just went into another room and analysed the game straight away. And if that doesn't show you kind of what what it takes to kind of be one of the best, then uh, I don't know what does. Yeah, it's ridiculous, isn't it? The, they are at the top of the game, they are they are what many coaches describe yeah. as excellence and they're still always striving to improve and if you want to be if you've got aspirations of becoming a high quality coach, they're sort of role models you, Indeed, you'll certainly definitely. need. So, have you had any examples of a good coaching experience on a personal level? Um, I've just wrote down experience for this one, really. Um, I think you could probably say a lot of different characteristics and you could probably say qualifications will do you really well. But I think good coaching experience just comes through experience. And I think everyone you ask, I think you could probably ask everyone on the course this um, and they'd probably agree with us because you just learn so much and yeah. you grow so much through new experiences. And I think as well, when you go into the psychological aspects of it, how when babies are first born, they learn through their environments and they learn through everything that's gone around them. But you don't realise that you do that when you get older as well, I think. So when you go into a new environment like our placements, all we need is a couple of sessions yeah. and then you realise, oh, I'm a bit more comfortable with this now. And it's all about learning in different environments. So I think examples of good coaching experience for me is just playing the experience. Yeah, you, looking back at examples we've done in the past at university as well, look at, for example, you just used Paget's yeah. theory, didn't you? Uh, yeah, now we're now benefiting from understanding why why we did certain aspects because of different modules on the course. Exactly. And uh, so I would so we now look look at it, bad coaches and how would you determine a bad coach? I was looking at it and thinking there isn't many examples I could give of bad coaching no, experiences. It's, it's weird, isn't it? It's it, kind it, of um, you don't really want to think about it, but at the same time, there's definitely um, 
there's probably quite a few bad coaches out there and it's not necessarily that they're all bad or like it just might be one or two things they're doing that could be improved and I feel like we all do it sometimes sometimes you might get too invested in a certain situation or yeah that's what I was saying probably the best example I've probably got is youth football and coaches having the desire to win 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 yeah, placing winning above everything I've got that wrote down here kind of Ignoring, ignoring the fact that it's, yeah, it's non-competitive and it's there to have fun, and it's kind of they treat it like the Champions League final, and it, it just definitely isn't. <laughs> and it's it's like parents as well. The effects the parents have on bad coaches, and we I played a team just before the when we was allowed to start coaching again, and. Uh, they scored a goal and I kid you not they were all celebrating on the touchline jumping yeah. in the air celebrating like, come yeah. on guys it's under seven I think, I think what's good now <laughs> is that I can see the difference from I don't know when, if it was from when you played football then but when, from when I played football when I was a kid I can see the difference from then to now because they've got the kind of the safety the, the respect barriers now um, they've turned it non-competitive so there's no leagues anymore from under is it under nines? I think under tens, which is still which is still quite a lot. Say it's uh, un- yeah. competitive at under elevens, um, but at the same time you've got new courses coming out, and I think the FA courses now do really have the focus on this kind of non-competitive, there for fun and enjoyment aspect of it. But then, yeah, and the ones who, the ones who go onto these coaching experiences, yeah, learn. But then you get you get some who aren't really bothered, and they actually yeah. their main goal is winning, isn't I, it? It's, a, it's usually I get I get the the feeling that it's always usually yeah. when it's a dad. I was, I've just got an example team. of that actually. We I was down at Elton Walshaw training to play football in Bury, so there's loads of different pitches going on. And at the end, we did a bit of the coaches meeting, and they were trying to going through um, what's happening with the coaching badges due to COVID, and they kind of said, luckily, said they might be able to get me on one, but they've not sort of come back to me on that, but. One of the dads had just finished their coaching level two and he was bragging about being Pep Guardiola and how they're not going to lose. And it wasn't, and I'm not, I'm not, I was laughing along with him because he was just having a joke, really. But then at the same time, that's kind of the wrong mindset to be having. Like, just because you've done a coaching level two doesn't now mean you have to switch it up to all these. Like, you're still the same dad as before, you're still the same coach as before. It just because you've got this yeah. level two coaching badge to your name just shouldn't mean that it changes anything. Me and Aaron were coaching a game, obviously, again, just, just before the lockdown. And uh, talking about the coaching badge, you can clearly see this coach had probably had a bit of experience. And yeah. He liked what he was doing. Under seven's game, and he's screaming yeah. the words ball retention after his team lose the ball. And like, oh, well, someone's <laughs> looked at Pep Guardiola. Oh, exactly. <laughs> right. So, obviously, we're on a sports coaching degree. And um, it's, it's, Proving that it's obviously it's helping us a lot. With yeah, definitely. The considering the new theoretical concepts that we kind of get brought up, um, it's just they're all ideas that can improve your coaching. And sometimes you might be in a lecture and you're kind of thinking, where does this relate to me? And so that, but then when this, like when you like you said with that reflection, when you kind of look back or you're writing a blog about something, then that's when it kind of comes in. Like, oh, that's where you can apply it to your coaching. And I think as well, we kind of suffered this year mainly because we've not been able to apply them in practicals like we said in the last po- last podcast. But um, it's kind of not only improving these skills that we're taught in lessons, but 
building on these skills have kind of made me a better person as well. I think it's maybe like a more patient person, kind of one who's more appreciative of just kind of like everyday things, really. Kind of the the degree is definitely kind of making me reflect more on my life as well. Exactly. I certainly feel more mature and I've got a greater aspect of patience and things like that where probably before I just wanted to get into it and be like, let's just, yeah, get, exactly. let's just do this degree first let's year get it out of the way. Just... It felt a bit like college to me at uh, the start of first year because it was a lot of group of new people. We were all kind of like trying to like puff our chests out and say we've done all this. And then it was nice to see as we started learning a bit more and started coaching with each other a bit more because the confidence grew and we kind of was better friends with everybody. Everyone kind of like calmed down a bit and we was very kind of professional and but it was also a good laugh as well. I think just considering how much we've yeah, learned um, not only in first year but all through the second year um, it, it's just if you look back from the start we've learned so much about coaching and more than I ever thought I could. Exactly so looking Looking at coaches who who aren't on a sports coaching course, would you recommend and say it's vital for coaches um, to get on a degree depend. course? I think as a coach who wants to grow and develop and sees coaching not only as a career path, but something just they find really passionate about, then it's definitely something to do. And I think you'd agree with me that it, it better themselves not only as a coach, but as a person. Um, and I think a degree option is the right for them because I think we, we kind of see it with, we've got the likes of uh, Tina and James in our course. They're quite mature students, aren't they? And when you think back, if you think back yeah. to like when they were our age, that's not me having a dig there. I was just kind of saying when they were our age, sports coaching courses would never have been a thing. And I think that opportunity no, exactly. for someone, because I can imagine however many 20-year-olds at my age, sort of 20 years ago, would have loved to have done a sports coaching degree simply because of um, they love sports and they wanted to go down that route, but they didn't want to set, necessarily do science or PE teaching. It, it really does help kind of this branch, which is the coaching itself, because I think it is quite an exclusive thing when people look into it. But coming onto this degree and seeing so many people who yeah. are similar to me, it's really made me open my eyes. Yeah, exactly. So I was I was thinking about the end goal of what, what we were saying earlier about what where we want to end up. And obviously, I'm, I'm pretty sure both of us would say if we got the opportunity to coach a football oh, yeah. professional team, we would obviously never turn it down. It's, and uh, so do you think this course could help us towards achieving like the word, I wrote down the word greatness and what, what yeah, we believe I think, greatness I think can be? Yeah, I think it can help us achieve greatness. But I think greatness is different to everybody. I was really struggling to write down something for this. I got to the end of my brain, kind of thought like, well, what is greatness like? Greatness, obviously, you can be great. Like Alex Ferguson was a great, for example. But then you can be great as well. Like there's a guy down at Elton Walshaw who's coached there for 10 years. He runs all the junior setup. Um Never like never gets thanked for it. He's always there every Saturday, every Wednesday night. And I think that is also greatness. And I think it just comes from being happy in what yeah. you do and achieving the goals that you set out to do. So it might might be the smallest thing or the biggest yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what I wrote that's, down. That's greatness as a coach to me. Yeah, so I was looking at, I wrote down about the same about it. It's probably about yeah. your aims and objectives as that coach. If your objective is to do part time at the weekend, not get any money for it, 
and just help out and you're happy with how you're doing, that can, yeah. could be defined as that greatness, greatness, wouldn't it? Because it's you've I think achieved it's a very what you want to do. Kind of term because a lot of people will see think greatness and think, oh, you have to be the very best to achieve greatness. But I don't think you don't. I think I've wrote down it. All experiences are great experiences, and I think anything that you anything that you can have the chance to learn yes. from. Because when you think about it, Ben, we are the participants and our lecturers are coaches and we're learning from them. So the, the coaching degree we are yeah. being coached on, it's, it's a bit of inception right there, but it's it's what it's, it's like when you look into the details, <laughs> that is kind of a great experience and it's it's helping us achieve our greatness. So we'll, we'll come on to our conclusion now after talking about all this. So I wrote down that Obviously, coaching, you feel yeah. like you're educating others, don't you? Obviously, education throughout our lives has been been extremely important. So, obviously, you go through the whole school system and you do, obviously, your college and stuff like that. And yeah. that just develops us into where we are now. But also, this with degree and the coaching as well, it's great to, le- to learn oh, from definitely. that experiences from other coaches, which, which is probably perfect for this podcast. Um, so, obviously... Usually, most of the time, we coach completely yes. different sports. We are good. We are good friends. I've played cricket. I've just never really coached yeah. it on it, and you coach it all the time. So, obviously, this this podcast series is going to help us benefit, and because we're going to be able to delve deeper into di- different sorts of research and academic literature, which probably on our own we wouldn't have. Yeah, we wouldn't helps, have the it, capabilities and. It the helps us to go and look at it an, ourselves. An, answer them questions we've been like maybe dying to ask about. Uh, I don't know certain techniques that I use, or so like it's just kind of like really good that it is kind of a community of coaches. Our course where everyone is willing to kind of chuck in a few ideas here and there, or kind of grill, and everyone's on that same path as you are, and it helps you feel a lot more confident to kind of go out and do something because you see somebody else doing it and then when you see somebody else doing it you can go oh what are you doing there and then it all ties in with one another but like you said with the other the two different sports it really does open your eyes to kind of like a, a, a new sort of chapter and when you don't hear anybody coaching that or when you don't hear any experiences you might be a bit kind of anxious or step away so I think first when I was coaching, um, started coaching football, I was a bit anxious to go because I thought, oh, football, it's kind of like not my first sport. I know a bit about it, but will I be able to coach it? And I can remember like talking to a few of you lads who had been doing it at Tom Finney for ages, and it just sounded like a load of fun. And now I just wanted to give it a go, and now I've given it a go. I, I realised that there's no point in being anxious, and there's, I should have just gone in there with confidence. Yeah, there really isn't. At least it's all about developing confidence to, to try new things. Yeah, exactly. You, you, and I'm definitely going to want some more. Exactly. So what we'll um, we'll leave that there for the podcast. What we'll look at next week is we're probably going to look at the new strategies yeah, of England. the Youth Sport Trust and the Sport England, sorry, and um, the FA have just released their new strategy as well. So what we're going to do over the next week, we're going to look at, we're going to research into it and look at some reflection on that and how yeah. that will help us. Thank you, coaches. Me. Cheers, Ben. Right. Thank you very much. See Perfect. you later. Well, See you next week.